Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pearly Brewer and I will be your host. Today's podcast guest is Denise Perdi. Denise is the Executive Director of the New Brunswick Continuing Care Association. Welcome, Denise. Oh, hi, Pearly. It is so nice to meet you in person. May I say, I think this is a wonderful idea to have a podcast dedicated to workplace safety in New Brunswick. Well, thank you very much. So to get, I guess, right to it, I always like to ask my guests first uh, to give uh, our listeners a chance to find out uh, a little bit about Denise. What were you doing before you came to the Continuing Care Association? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, I was working in Alberta for the Alberta Continuing Care Association, also known as the AC. CCA. Uh, and this would be the advocacy side of the long-term care sector in Alberta. And the ACCA was what was called a certifying partner at the time, which meant okay. that um, when facilities were being audited, the auditors would submit their audit to the association mm-hmm. and the association would check for quality uh, in the audit that was being done, ensure that the audit was being done. If a nursing home did exceptionally well on that audit, they would receive money back from mm-hmm. WCB, which is WorkSafe New Brunswick here, equivalent. right? Mm-hmm. E- equivalent. Mm-hmm. And then so what was happening with that is um, we could tell that it was very paper heavy because, mm-hmm. um, of course, it looks at policies first and then that sort of stuff. And it wasn't really helping nursing homes at the front lines um, be safer okay. um, at the time. So uh, we heard about funded safety associations for things like oil industry, forestry, and we mm-hmm. thought, well, what if we had one dedicated to the nursing home? So um, I created the very first um, safety funded safety association for nursing homes, specifically in Canada. And I think they've since expanded into assisted living and home care, but uh, um, that's that's what I did in in Alberta and then I helped BC create theirs and then I wrote the business case for the one here in New Brunswick. Very good. So yeah. is, it, is it safe to say those are the only provinces now that have the association um, at this point or are there well, been others? There, there are others and there were others before us but not dedicated to nursing homes. So they okay. might be more in the healthcare or they might have all community care, so they would be in charge of jails and, and, and items like that. So in actual fact, there's a national group called NASH, N-A-S-H-H, uh, and we have a representative from every province now except for PEI, and I just received an email from Newfoundland. They're on their way. They're creating okay. one. And the Northwest Territories. Everybody else is on the national group, uh, which is great. Now, a question I guess I'd ask from a curiosity point of view. You spent all that time in Alberta. Now you're here in New Brunswick. Is there a lot of differences in, in the sectors when you compare Alberta to New Brunswick? The sector itself, there isn't a difference, but in the people there are, where you wouldn't have a problem. And I don't even know if it's necessarily a New Brunswick versus other province, but where I worked were larger cities. Mm -hmm. So if I was an employer and I was handing out discipline, that would be the end of it. But here, you you also have to, to... everybody's related as well. So if you're in a nursing home, you might have three generations working there. It's a different dynamic in how you approach things. So I think as as an employer, it's a little bit different. Okay. So I guess to start with that, uh, for folks that haven't heard of the uh, Continuing Care Association, 
what's your mandate? When will you start? Tell us a little bit about the association. Sure. So just like the other funded safety associations, I know you had the Construction Safety Association on uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago. We're funded through WorkSafe New Brunswick. Um, and so we provide specific training for our sector. So everything, so even uh, Joint Health and Safety Committee, although that could be a very broad one, we're able to bring the perspective of an actual nursing home, nursing home type questions and nursing home type ideas, along with the resources to improve safety for, for our members. Okay. How many members do you have? So we have about, uh, we have over 70, nursing homes, just over 70 nursing homes, and you're probably talking about 5,000 employees uh, throughout uh, New Brunswick. That's a lot. It certainly is, yeah. Now, uh, when you talk about uh, special care homes, are they covered or not? They're not under our mandate, but we have created the um, association to expand in that area. But we've been so small right now, we just haven't had the uh, capacity as an organization to get there. But they are on our radar, and we will be moving forward uh, towards them, especially now that it's sort of their care is also evolving. So they're Mm -hmm. sort of the nursing home of the past. Um, so it would be great to get to them now before they're at the situation where our current nursing homes are. Okay. Would the same apply to palliative care? Yes. Palliative care and home care have been inquiring, especially in regards to our new MSI program. Okay. What about hospitals? Yeah, hospitals are a little bit different uh, than us, and often we're lumped together. But uh, hospitals are what we call acute acute care systems, so it Mm -hmm. means that something happened to me and it's acute. It's only temporary that it happens to me. So uh, I'm actually recovering in a nursing okay. in, in a hospital in a nursing home there's really no recovery for the aging process or certain mm-hmm. disease processes so in actual fact our clients are in decline in a hospital's clients would be um, in recovery okay. so that brings on a whole different kind of aspect the other difference too is is that hospitals are set for um, medical care and nursing homes are meant to be an actual home. So we have to always re- remind ourselves that it needs to be a home-like environment for the residents that live there. Okay, talk to us more about, and, and you shared some information with me the other day about how uh, nursing homes are really different due, yes. to, the, due to the makeup of the patients and, and the whole environment. Talk, talk to us about the environment that you encounter as far as nursing homes and what it's like, uh, you made reference, for example, how difficult it is com- to, to deal with uh, uh, patients compared to what you might find in a hospital setting or so on. Right. So for one thing, uh, nursing homes in particular are on a um, rent control. So that meaning, unlike a hospital, uh, that although it's also uh, funded by government, they can actually work into a debt. They can have a debt. And nursing homes are independently owned, even though... um, uh, the majority of our nursing homes are owned by a not-for-profit organization. They're still an independent um, organization. And um, so a lot of people think that the government owns nursing homes. They don't. They regulate them uh, and they subsidize residents. So there is a rent cap, meaning uh, government sets what the maximum we can charge for our services are. And that means if we brought in a health and safety program, it's not like we can raise our product or our service by a certain amount of dollars in order to cover those new new service, new programs. 
Okay. Now, I guess it would be safe to say here you are in a position. You're trying to improve safety in nursing homes. Right. Uh, you have to deal with government. Yes. You have to deal with boards or directors at homes. Yes. That must present a number of challenges. It does. And every home is different. Every home has a different size. Every home has a different uh, makeup. And the boards are voluntary boards as well. So um, you're continuously um, educating and um, trying to make safety at the at the forefront of even their meetings in their homes, that sort of stuff. And so it's it has been hard. The one thing I would say has come our way is that COVID highlighted a lot of what um, what we were kind of putting band-aids on for a long time. And so it is on everybody's radar. And with the staff shortages now, it might even be easier to get funds for a nursing home than it is to get an actual body to work on the floor. So uh, I think uh, safety is going to become um, quite quite the focus. Now, do you get many opportunities to actually talk to the boards of the homes? We don't get a huge amount. We get once a year at the annual general meeting. We attend of the New Brunswick Association of uh, Nursing Homes. We attend their annual general meeting and we try to get, and it, it incorporates all the board trustees from all the nursing homes. So we try to get in there. We do have a presentation for them, mm-hmm. uh, but COVID the last three years has really put nixed any kind of um, education for them. But they are on our radar and they are definitely um, an area we think is under under educated in, in that matter. Now, you, you sent me some information on staffing and so on, and I guess sometimes people think, oh, organizations such as this have a lot of staff. I gather you're pretty lean when it comes to staff uh, resources you have to deal with the homes. That's right. So right now we have uh, myself, the only full-time mm-hmm. uh, person, and then we have uh, two part-time um, people. We have Marjorie Bazil. She's uh, been an RN. She's been a, a director of care uh, for more than 30 years. She's going to kill me that I said that. Uh, and she's only 20. So uh, <laughs> so uh, she... Um, uh, she's great. She's our, uh, what we call clinical OHNS director. She's able to tell me, well, that will work or that won't work, or there is a government mandate that is competing with ours. What can we do? And then we have another RN. He's just getting his feet wet. He'll work for us two days a week. He's fully bilingual. And we're really hoping, um, to shape, uh, training through, through him. Okay. Um, you mentioned in, in some of the material that you share that when you look at your patients and what you need to do to interact with your patients versus a hospital right. and how much more difficult it is in a general sense. Right. Talk about that. Okay. So... Um, Nursing homes are heavily regulated, which mm-hmm. is rightfully so. You you definitely yeah. want that. So in that there are laws, regulations, and standards in place, and they are regu- regularly inspected by a liaison officer from social mm-hmm. development. In addition, they'll have a public health officer come by because they have kitchens, uh, laundry rooms, that sort of stuff. Fire departments have great authority over nursing homes, uh, as well as WorkSafe New Brunswick. So mm-hmm. they have 
have all these people coming within their home, regulating them, having standards put in place. So many times those standards or regulations are put into place with only one person in mind, and that person is the resident. But often they don't realize that some regulations or standards put into place can have a very costly effect on a worker's body. So there's the fact that our work involves people, Mm-hmm. And that brings a level, a level of unpredictability harder to find in other industries such as forestry, construction, or manufacturing. Not to say that they don't have their issues either, but in our situation, our environment has the potential to change minute by minute. So, for instance, if your job is to place a can of soup on the shelf... I doubt you'll get very much resistance from that can of soup at that time. However, a worker in a nursing home may be helping a resident into a wheelchair, and suddenly halfway through the process, that resident is transported somewhere else in their mind. So you can end up with a full-on situation where the force of the resistance by the resident becomes incredible for the worker. Or maybe the resident's legs just give out on them. They're walking along, their legs give out on them, and now the worker is suddenly finding themselves holding up a resident trying to find a close spot to bring them to for safety. So there's so much more at play in keeping safe in that type of an environment Mm -hmm. and I'd be willing to put money on it that there has never been a work safe claim uh, involving a can of soup biting an employee. Yeah, true. (laughs) And it's, it's something you really don't think about but in your case, as you say, things continually change. Uh, we don't think about how, you know, as people get older, Alzheimer's start to come in, other health conditions start to come in. and That's now, right. Would turnover, and, and this is something I hadn't sort of put in any kind of note, but would turnover in nursing homes be really greater than hospitals because of it, it's, it has to be much harder in the body. Right. Well, I can tell you, um, I, I wouldn't normally pay attention to that, but um, when we were doing our first vaccine run through the mm-hmm. nursing homes, Um, in one of the nursing homes, we were talking about the second dose was coming in at the time. You had your first dose and then the second dose was coming in within two weeks, I think, after that. Ten residents had already passed away by that time. So, and so now you're starting the process over again. So yes, turnover can be, um, relatively fast. It's no longer sort of like when, in the 1950s, when, when nursing homes started, residents were driving themselves there. Mm. Now we're keeping them out in the community, which is where you want to keep them, out in the community, at their own home, with their families, all that kind of stuff. So they tend to be, I would say, um, you'd have the odd exception, but probably a stay in a nursing home would be maybe a year and a half. That would be a long, a, a longer stay. So the average person would stay about a year and a half. Um, it's really end of life it has turned into, whereas special care homes would be more of those 1950s nursing homes where, you know, they, they might be not in their own home, but they have a little more independence. Now, I think it's probably safe to say when we listen to all the news on the, on the radio and, and so on about hospitals, uh, having so many patients in the hospital that should be going to these special care homes and, 
and nursing homes, yet they, they can't because they're over, your, your homes are overloaded. That's right. They're overloaded, but we're understaffed is yeah. more the issue. We do have some nursing homes with shutdown wings um, because we can't get the physical people um, to work there. And the nursing home work is heavy, heavy work. Perfect. We're using our body to move another body, um, which in our new program we're, we're bringing an end to. But when you think about it, you know, we followed... Um, uh, home came and just just for laundry asked us uh, what can we do to lighten up the loads for laundry so we followed so this was 140 beds we followed them picking up the laundry but then we weighed it and they and when we waited at the end of that one pickup it was 200 pounds of laundry and they do that four times a day wow so that's just laundry. That's just laundry. And whether you're lifting one piece of clothing up or an entire bag, it's still 800 pounds at the end of the day that you've lifted. So we have to find ways to eliminate th- that from our, our workplace. But yes, the nurse, the, the hospitals have to also understand that in an older population, they also n- need to evolve to that population. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the problem is the acute care system is still set for young people, but the reality is what we need in community is entirely around sen- seniors and seniors' needs because that's who lives in those communities. So when their programs in the community come up a level, they'll also see far less people coming into the into the nursing homes. The other issue is a lot of those people that are stuck in the hospital, we don't have the type of care that they need. So they might be severely more psychotic or what we call a level four. So nursing homes are a level three. A level four, you might be an Alzheimer's patient in your 50s, extremely violent. Mm. Well, you don't belong in a nursing home where the average age is, you know, 85, you belong in in another type of facility. Um, we're getting a lot of bariatric people uh, right now, which young as well. And I'm mm. thinking this is, nursing homes is not a place for a bariatric person, a rehab type environment mm-hmm. would be. So I think um, a view on the entire system is, is, is a better view because nursing homes work really well for what they're supposed to do. It's, it's sort of outside of the nursing home that's not working well, other than our shortages now. Yeah. In, in the material you sent me, I, I get the sense that you're looking at nursing homes from a really new perspective. Yes. You know, not not just simply we'll, we'll deliver the old stuff. You're trying a lot of innovative approaches. And I want to get to that in just a minute. Before sure. I do, there's, you mentioned a moment ago the challenges of, of hiring, of getting workers in nursing homes. Yes. And we saw uh, on the news a couple of weeks ago uh, about uh, hiring nursing uh, home staff from abroad. Right. From other countries. That, yes. I assume, would present a number of challenges as well. It brings huge challenges. And even though um, it's so funny, and this is where we really notice that um, people don't rely on safety associations as much as they should because what they're looking at for these individuals when they're going across the country is they're just looking at uh, how talented are they medically? Are they really sound medically? Can Do they know how to give an injection? Do they know how to take care of a resident in a bed? But with none of the safety background 
also associated. So now I'm seeing within our system, we have a, a system that tracks all incidences in nursing homes in the province. And I'm now seeing names that are not like Savoie and <laughs> uh, McFurley or, you know, that kind of stuff. So you know that now this is probably some of our international nurses, our international uh, employees, and they're not getting, they come from a background where they wouldn't even think necessarily from their country, uh, talk about safety or any of those yeah. items. So we're really seeing a challenge about that. And in actual fact, um, we're doing a face-to-face -face meeting with the national group. So this is not just New Brunswick having the problem, but across Canada. And I think we're going to pull our resources together to create a program specifically for um, immigration, immigrants and uh, um, temporary foreign workers that that sort of stuff. Do you know if homes are doing a lot of recruiting at the fairs? Huge amount of recruiting. For those. And uh, I was in a presentation and I was talking to government. Those programs are great, mm -hmm. but we have so much coming out the bottom. So I, I, I show them that glass of water with about a thousand holes in it. So we keep filling it with water, but nobody's plugging the holes. And mm -hmm. those holes are our absenteeism and our injury rates. And as long as we're not tackling that part of of recruitment and not putting the money there i i you can recruit all you want uh it's not going to change our bottom line because as you're bringing someone in two are leaving yeah now you mentioned a moment ago you have a program that allows you to uh it's called an online incident management program. Yes. That caught my curiosity. Tell me, tell us about that. Yeah. So um, that was something we uh, submitted because I'm a big believer. If you can't measure, if you don't measure it or you don't see it, you're not going to do anything right. about it. And so you probably are familiar with any industry. Many of them do it by hand or on an Excel sheet and they mm -hmm. try to log everything they can possibly have. So this is a frontline form that every home has, and each home has one specific for them, you know, dedicated to their home. And actually you can attach policies to it and all of that kind of stuff. So the system can automatically say, hey, this policy should have covered this injury, but you, maybe you should reread it or take a look at it or anybody educated but what it does is as soon as there's an incident that happens so whether that's a near miss or an actual lost time claim um, they fill out the form and the form asks them the questions and then the form that the the system or the program is smart enough to recognize is this going to be a work safe claim or is this just an internal incident and it also classifies everything according to its high medium or low risk so that means at a glance if i see something's in red on my system that that's a high risk incident has just occurred and somebody should be looking at that within the next 24 hours to prevent someone else from being injured uh, severely uh, kind of thing. So each home has, so the system, as soon as an incident is put into the system, automatically an email goes out to the administrator or DON or the department head, depending on how they're set up, how they want it to be set up, to indicate an incident has occurred in this home. They can open it up from their phone, take a look at uh, the details of what happened and make decisions from there, such as send them to the physiotherapist and the system mm -hmm. will 
uh, spit out the whole physio physiotherapist package or if they want to, them to go to a doctor, a functional abilities form can be printed off right from there. So once it's in the system, I can see the entire province, but each home can see their own statistics and it's instantaneous. So there's a dashboard that goes on for the current year. So I can see, I know that, for instance, we have what month is the highest month that we have claims. Funny enough, it's in July. For whatever reason, for the last three years, it's been July. You would think January, any December. Idea, any ideas for why July? Well, we're suspect yeah, we're suspecting that um, shortage of staff. So it's vacation time. No. And so people are working much more um, uh, longer hours no. over time, that sort of stuff. No. So we're, we're thinking that's, that's the reason. We haven't do do dove into that one. The one we're really looking at is... is um, 75% of all our incidences are happening between the hours of 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And that makes sense, too, because it's the same staff member. I'm getting you up out of bed. I'm dressing you. I'm, I'm toileting you. I'm bathing you. And I'm giving you breakfast. So there's so much activity that happens between those hours before I even have my first break for the day. So we're really starting to narrow that down too. And so there's a lot of care around the bedside at that, at, at the bedside, um, which we're trying to eliminate the, the physical part of that. Yeah. Yeah. You talk, when you talk about summers being high, yeah. you know, for many of us, I guess you could say we all, we go on vacation That's and right. our work is, is there. It doesn't get done, but it's no big issue when we return emails and calls and we get back. That's right. But if you have patients that have to have that care, then uh, we have to have a body on the floor. Yeah, you have to have that body on the floor, yeah, and if and you have less bodies, that's right. So, if uh, on average, our our at the front lines, they take care of eight residents. So okay. each person is about eight residents in the summertime. That might be twelve yeah. residents if they can't find a body to replace me. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, I see we're running short on time here. So sure. what I want to do is we're going to cut off uh, our first podcast. At this point, and uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll then pick up. Uh, I'm meeting here today with uh, Denise Paradis, who's the executive director of the New Brunswick Continuing Care Association. Uh, we're going to pick up in, in, I guess you could say, a part two of our podcast with Denise in just a moment. Uh, or if you're listening to part one, we'll be posting the uh, part two shortly, and uh, you can uh, pick up the discussion there. <music>